You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. We're getting closer and closer. Training camp is now only 25 days away. Now, I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm glad you're here. We're continuing Countdown to Camp, positional previews, week in, week out, getting you primed for not just training camp, the preseason, and of course, the 2019 regular season. And this episode is all about the inside linebackers. So here's a discussion that I had with my co-hosts, Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett, about the inside linebackers. Let's begin with Danny Trevathan, who for the first time as a Chicago Bear was able to play and start for a full 16-game season a year ago. And as a result, he set a new high for tackles as a Bear uh, with 102, including 8 for a loss. So guys, we finally were able to see Danny Trevathan for a full season. What did you like? Anything you still think he can improve, Nick? You know, I think with Danny Trevathan, he's just such a fundamentally sound inside linebacker. You don't have to worry about him being out of position, uh, filling the wrong gap, not missing tackles. That's just Danny Trevathan for you in a nutshell. He was on a Super Bowl winning team with the Broncos. I mean, it's a guy that knows how to play the position, knows how to play the position well. So for me, I guess the one thing that he can always improve upon being a I guess a smaller inside linebacker is being able to stack and shed a little bit more effectively when those big offensive linemen come up to him, because again, they would have his way if they do get on the inside of his shoulder pads. But other than that, I really like Danny Trevathan's game, what he brings to the table and look, he had to mentor and just be that, that role model for Roquan Smith to him. So he can have an effective season, which he did. So I really liked what Trevathan did. And we've talked about it in years previous when Trevathan wasn't out there, the defense just didn't play quite as well as it would have if, if, if he was there. So him having that 16 game season was huge for the bears. Him just being a leader of that defense, mentoring a young inside linebacker next to him. He had a really good season. I'm glad that, you know, he is a, you know, a part of this team. Yeah. I think you said it best, honestly, uh, because you mentioned it in years past games in which he's gone, the defense really suffered, and the fact he's out there for a full 16, uh, I think you know everyone gave the entire Bears defense their credit, which is 100% you know, spot on. Everyone deserves their credit for what they were able to do last year. But you have to wonder, and I don't think we'll ever truly know, just how much of the impact of that could have been Danny Trevathan, you know, getting people lined up, getting people organized, getting them on the same page, and of course, you know, playing with that monster mentality that we're used to seeing out of him as well. So for me, again, Danny Trevathan, he brings so much to the table as an inside linebacker on this team and as one of the captains of this defense. And of course, sooner rather than later, he will be kind of passing that torch over to Roquan Smith, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the fact is, I think this is really going to be the year that we really need to appreciate Danny Trevathan and what he's been able to do for this defense. But B, over to you. What are some things about Danny Trevathan uh, that you liked last year? And if you had any small kind of nitpick things you want him to work on, now's the time. Yeah, the things that I really liked about him is just how he reacts to the football. You don't get 100-plus tackles without doing your homework, 
uh, without being being smart, being in the right position, just reacting to the ball. Uh, you know, you set yourself to be in that position, and he's just always a guy, whether he's getting a tackle or not, just always seems to be standing up around the ball whenever a guy's tackled. He's always right there. You always see number 59 hanging out, picking up the guy who tackled the player. He's getting up from tackling the player. It doesn't matter. He's just always around the ball, just reacts really well. Like you guys said, he's never really out of position. And as, as interesting as it was to see Christian Jones and Nick Kukowski <laughs> lead the defense for the inside linebackers a couple years ago, uh, I'll just reiterate that point one more time. It's just almost a night and day difference with Danny Trevathan out, Danny Trevathan out there leading it because he's just such a smart player. Absolutely. And again, uh, we're going to get to Roquan Smith. I just like saying his name, Roquan. It's just fun to say, but we'll get to him in a minute. But he does have an impact on Danny Trevathan. I think this year especially, I'm and with Chuck Pagano, Nick, I'm curious, do you envision Trevathan's role in this defense maybe shifting, maybe even the slightest bit, and if so, how? Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Or do you envision it to be very, you know, like a mirror image of what he was asked to do last year? Um, I would say yes and no. I do see a little bit of change. I think because we mentioned it earlier, Pagano is more of a aggressive minded defensive coordinator. And I think what really worked well for, for these bears inside linebackers, just going back and watching the tape, it was a double B gap blitz that they love to bring where Dan Trevathan or Roquan Smith on any given play would rush through that B gap. When Dan Trevathan is coming at you, running backs felt that force. And I expect Pagano to go back, look at the tape and say, Hey, I'm going to blitz these inside guys a little bit more because they were able to hit home or just impact plays so I think that's where maybe we could see a little bit of a difference as opposed to a Vic Fangio maybe where you would have your inside linebackers drop back in coverage which they're really good at as well but I think they can will expect to see a little bit more blitzes from these guys because they were effective at doing it they know which gap to go in how to time the blitz and Danger Vaith and Roquan Smith did a fairly good job last year and they're just gonna have more opportunities this year. Oh, no, they did more than a fairly good job last year. They were really effective uh, when asked to you know, go after a quarterback. And some of those plays, too, if you look back, I think Danny Trevathan kind of has a read. Uh, if, a, if an offense does one thing, he has to stay back in coverage. But if, if, the, if the running back, there we go, get my word straight here. If the running back stays back in the pass block, he can just go in and go for it. And if some of the times it worked. Most of the time, it actually did work. He was in on uh, 86 pass rushes last year, Trevathan was. And out of that, he was able to get his two sacks, two quarterback hits, uh, 13 hurries, and 17 total pressures on a quarterback. And again, those hurries and those pressures and those hits, uh, those add up, those take a toll, those have an impact. Again, two sacks isn't a number that's going to wow you, but the fact that he was able to get after the quarterback at like 17 times last year on only 86 pass rushes is highly effective and one that I envision, like you mentioned, Pagano kind of tapping into just a little bit more. Now I have one final question for Danny Trevathan. Uh, and again, this is a contract year for him. Brandon, I want to go to you first. Do you believe that this will be the final year we're going to see him in a Bears uniform, even if he continues to ball out? Well, that's a tough question. I know. I I, I kind of think it is uh, because there is some potential 
uh, behind him in the depth chart that could take over for a little cheaper of a price. And like you said, Danny Trevathan's kind of getting up there in age. I wouldn't be surprised if it's his last year. I think Roquan can really uh, continue to grow, as we've seen last year, game in and game out, to be able to take over that leadership role. Then we can throw in a Nick Kwiatkowski who's, you know, liked by some, not liked by others, as we've seen on the podcast before with Mr. Will Ingles. Uh, or Joel uh, Yebuni way as well, another uh, potentially really good athlete uh, that can go in there and we can see what he can do as well. So I kind of think this is going to be his last year. What about you, Nick? I tend to agree with Brandon because Ryan Pace's wallet is just getting a little bit more, you know, the money he has available to spend every year is getting a little bit thinner and thinner. We have some big contract situations coming up with Eddie Jackson, Mitchell Trubisky, maybe even Cody Whitehair. I mean, I can go on and on. There's a lot of people up for, you know, extension here soon and, Unless Danny Trevathan takes a decent chunk of like a you know like a hometown discount, even though he's been in two teams now, I envision that this will probably be his final year here. Yeah, it probably will be. And you mentioned some of those other guys. It's not that Danny Trevathan isn't valued like some of those guys. It's just those are you when you're talking about your quarterback that needs to be extended. You also add in Tariq Cohen as well. Mm. Like there is some big time you know playmakers on on that side of the ball that you just need to you need to have on this team so most likely um you know Trevathan this will be his last season you only hope that some of the younger guys can you know really take that role next season they'll have Roquan next to him but this probably will be the last year hopefully he can end it with a Super Bowl ring yeah absolutely again like I said about five minutes ago and this is why I said it 2019, really appreciate Danny Trevathan and what he brings to this defense because uh, he's a really good guy on top of that. Uh, we met his family. Or was, I, I talked to them a little bit when we were down to Miami, and they're just a good group of people. And honestly, uh, I think it's, it's going to be really – it's going to be a little sad when we actually have to lose Danny Trevathan at the end of the year. Again, maybe he takes a substantial pay cut, but I think he's in that position where he can still get one decent chunk of pay. And in the NFL, it's just one of those times you just kind of go out and get that contract. Up next, we're going to talk about Roquan Smith and our expectations in his second year. But first, we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They've built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for that perfect seat and start enjoying it. So what makes SeatGeek better than the rest? That's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each ticket on a deal on a scale to 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, something I thoroughly enjoy. You can just see exactly what the view is going to be from the seat that you're uh, looking to buy. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. As you know, everybody here at the Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek app on our phones, our devices, by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere and within a few tabs instantly find some seats. I've been looking at you know plenty of games for the Bears this upcoming year. Uh, the big one that I'm encouraging everyone to go to, Bears Chiefs. We're going to be there, and we want you to be there as well. Late in December, playoff atmosphere. It's going to be a great time. And there's still plenty of amazing deals left, so I highly encourage you to check SeatGeek for these soon before they are taken. And don't forget my hack. Create your own budget, set the maximum amount that you want to pay, and sort it by deal. That way you know you're getting the best seats possible. 
And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use our promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. Again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Holdewitt. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. And we're moving on to talk about Roquan Smith. And man, he was just so much fun to watch develop and grow into that defense last season. He had himself quite the rookie year. He was all over the field and came away with plenty of big plays. And oh yeah, he almost was able to beat out Brian Urlacher's rookie record for total tackles as Roquan Smith finished his rookie year with 121. Now all of this is despite missing training camp and not even starting until week two. But it is a new year and expectations are now higher for Smith in his second season. So guys, I need to know, what kind of step are you anticipating seeing out of Roquan and why so? I really want to see the leadership aspect really take over because like we talked about, if this is Danny Trevathan's last year, he's got to be able to step up somehow. Uh, so to kind of answer the question that you asked Nick a while ago about Danny Trevathan's role shifting, I think that we're going to see uh, Roquan's role shifting as well because he's going to have to take over. He's going to have to know how to make these play calls uh, when they're in the huddle. So I, I expect that aspect of his game to really take off. What about you, Nick? So for, for Roquan Smith, and you mentioned it, Will, he was fun to watch, but also at times a little bit frustrating. Um, there are times where he saw Smith should have had secure tackles. There was a bunch of times, actually, where just watching tape. But he's, he plays so fast. His reaction speed, his game speed is so quick that sometimes he just over-pursues some guys. And I want to see him just work on breaking down, making a secure tackle as opposed to maybe like a big hit or, you know, an impact play, just, you know, make the tackle first and then he can worry about the other things. So I think that's what I want to see him kind of work on and just improve upon. I mean, Brandon mentioned a great point on leadership, especially with Trevathan being gone, but that's something that I kind of want to see as I was watching the tape on Roquan Smith, be a secure tackler as opposed to maybe a big hitter. Um, Of course, when the opportunity presents itself, do it. But, there are times where I'm just watching the film like, Roquan, come on, just make the tackle. You're over, you're taking a bad angle. You're going a little too fast there, but that's something that I want to see. Do you think that was more of, I want to say the game was a little fast for him at times last year and this year with a full off season to kind of really allow, and the year under his belt as well, to allow the game to kind of slow down that he will be able to kind of adjust. And it's more like a, like a mental processing thing or more of a, because athletically he has all the tools. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a yes and no to that, but the play that just kind of sticks out to me, there was one in Buffalo. It's on the, their first drive of the game. LaShawn McCoy gets a pass and actually bobbles it, but Roquan is just going so fast, head down to where he's not even breaking down whatsoever, and then LaShawn McCoy just goes right around him, goes for a first down. It's like, okay, that should have been a fundamental, rudimentary just tackle. It should have been a tackle for loss, get off the field, but there are also times where had, you know, you know Roquan, you know, that gets more tape in there he's going to know put himself in better positions to where he can go a little bit faster and make a, a big hit or something like that but I think it's a little bit of uh both when it comes to Roquan and his rookie season and it should be he's a rookie he's learning this game for the first time and it, it's not an easy defense to play in and Vic Fangio especially at the inside linebacker position having so many responsibilities but I would say it's a little of both all right Brandon uh, I like to give you the hard questions today apparently because you're up next uh, who is more important to the defensive success, Roquan or Danny Trevathan? Roquan. 
I think he's much more of a, a building block. So be able to keep him healthy, be able to continue to teach him uh, the new language that's coming in with Chuck Pagano for him to be able to show that leadership and for him to lead the team in tackles is, is really big too. So all that come together, I think that he's much more of a, a valuable, more important asset than Danny Trevathan is. What do you think, Nick? And I'm talking like the scope of like this season, the success. And Brandon, I agree. Long-term, obviously, Roquan. But when you're looking at 2019 of the season, is it Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan is that's going to be able to have you know either the biggest impact or the one that if we had to go without would have the biggest kind of detriment to that team? Man, that is – like I'm, I was smiling as you were reading the question because I could not decide which one. Obviously, long-term, Roquan, that's a given, but – you know, 2019, if you take out Danny Trevathan, so now you're allowing Roquan and maybe a Nick Wikowski, Joel, EA, Buniwe, those are going to be the two guys. They need. There's a lot of responsibility on those two young players to get those plays right, to be in the right gaps. I think you're almost better off having Danny Trevathan there, just having that secure guy who's going to be in the right place regardless of the play because he's, he's a veteran now. He knows what it takes out of being an inside linebacker as opposed to Roquan. Yes, there's more upside for him to make more impact plays, interceptions, sacks, those kind of things. But I think just for this defense that has a bunch of playmakers, you just want some stability in the inside linebacker position. I think it would be more important for Danny Trevathan to be there as opposed to Roquan. Just for the 2019 season, anything after that, obviously Roquan would be the answer. I kind of want to counter that a little bit because last year when Roquan finishes with 120 tackles, uh, let's say this year he doesn't play just – Poof disappears for the 2019 season. I don't want to say injury because that would be unfortunate, but poof, he disappears. You know, how do you replace 120 tackles? Well, you hopefully Nick Kukowski can get a, you know, half of those, but you know, your defense just has to build around that and compensate for not having that athletic fast linebacker. But that is a very good point. I still think that Dan Trevathan and just getting people positioned right. And uh, we'll put his, whoever that inside linebacker is next to him, in position to make those tackles. Maybe it's not going to be as effective as Roquan, but he's going to be at least be in position to. I feel pretty good about that question. That led to a pretty decent uh, back and forth. All right. Uh, two things about <laughs> Roquan Smith that we didn't, uh, I haven't really heard come out of either your two's mouths. And I want to make sure that we don't kind of forget it. Uh, the two things he brings to the table uh, on top of all the athletic uh, that's just oozing out of him and his sideline to sideline range. But number one coverage He's a really strong coverage linebacker. Uh, obviously, it's the best one on our team last year. Uh, and then on top of that, just like Dan Trevathan, if he goes in on a blitz, more times than not, he's able to take down the quarterback because he has such an amazing closing speed, and he can get in from his area of the field, from his spot, to the quarterback who's taking a five-step drop in a matter of just a few seconds and closes on him so fast they can't even vacate the pocket. They can't throw the ball away. So for me, Roquan Smith, his ability to get after quarterbacks when called upon, and of course, what he brings to the team in terms of his coverage. He can lock down a running back. He can lock down a tight end, and at times even a slot receiver, or if they even, sometimes if they even move a primary receiver into the slot and he was lined up on it, he wasn't a bad option there. So for Roquan Smith, his ability to be uh, both of those things is something that we should make sure to kind of keep tabs on throughout the season. But two elements of his game that Again, if we didn't mention, uh, would be you know shame on us. I just want to make sure we kind of threw that out there just a little bit. But all right, guys, let's take a look at both backups on the roster, and let's begin with uh, Nick Wachowski. Uh, not too sure how much more we want to talk about him. Uh, he's been here for some time, and I think we know what we're going to get out of him. But uh, B, 
How about you? For those wondering and who maybe they've been living under a rock for the last four to five years, uh, who is Nick Wachowski and what kind of linebacker is he on this Bears defense? He's a definitely serviceable backup. Plays very hard, plays very well downhill, uh, but there's times where he struggles in coverage. Whether it, uh, What always sticks with me is when I listen to Will Ingles break him down because he always talks about how he sometimes takes the wrong first step and that really – you know, makes you a second or two slow when you're reacting to a pass. So that's something that he's got to be able to continue uh, to work on. And I even see it in the run game sometimes. There's uh, was watching some film, and there's times where he starts on the opposite side of the inside linebacker, obviously next to him. And by the plays over, he's standing where the first guy started because he's just being blocked out of position. And it, you know, he's only moved three yards laterally because the lineman gets up to the second level, blocks him out of the way of the running back. So he's still got a lot of work to do as far as uh, gap discipline, making sure he gets in there and makes the play. Uh, and making sure he stays in position as well. But he's uh, a, a, a linebacker we can put in there, and we're not going to miss much of a beat. Nick, is there anything you want to add to that scouting report of Nick Kwiatkowski, or did that pretty much hit the the what, the what hammer on the nail or whatever that euphemism is? Not even euphemism, a metaphor. See, I'm 17-hour <laughs> days, guys, 17-hour days. Those are, that sounds awful. But, um, hey, he could be a tight end, too. Remember that two-point conversion that he caught against Minnesota the last game of the season? <laughs> he went up there in traffic, too, showed some hands. You know what that also shows, though? It shows that Matt Nagy, you know, trusts Nick Kwiatkowski. And, like, one of those – it's a big situation. You're going on a two-point conversion as a defensive player, not being able to do that. So, I think uh, for Nick Kwiatkowski, there's, there's some trust uh, within the organization that, hey, if he does have to go out there, he'll do his job not going to do anything more than that. He's a serviceable player. will be in positions to make tackles, but he's not, he's not a Roquan Smith. Obviously that's why he was taken out. What I, maybe it was a second half of that green Bay game. And then you put Roquan Smith in there and you saw the difference in speed and the tackling ability, but Hey, he's a good player to have its depth. Um, he played 71.53% on special teams. That's where he's going to make his impact on Sundays. But other than that, um, I don't think we really need to go more in depth on Nick Krakowski. Yeah, if you want any example of what he brings as a uh, in coverage, Roquan Smith gave up one touchdown on 527 coverage snaps. Nick Krakowski gave up one touchdown on 68 coverage snaps. I mean, again, it happens. He, gets, he got picked <laughs> on. I'm just saying. He was only out but there he got for it back with his own touchdown too, like Nick said earlier. That was so, a two point conversion. Does that equal out or no? That, that was minus five <laughs> two point conversion. But, he did moss okay. the guy. He was like, he did. Know. He did moss the guy. Um, but you know, he was targeted nine times. Gave up eight catches on that uh, seventy seven yards, forty yards after the catch and a touchdown. Again, it's it is what it is with him. Uh, he's a serviceable backup, but again, there's a reason why the Bears upgraded from him uh, with Roquan Smith, and obviously, we're much better off for it. Um, and now to uh, Joel Iebuniway. Uh, again, we didn't see a ton of Iggy last year on defense, um, but he did fill in nicely on special teams. He's on the field for nearly three quarters of all the team's special team snaps last year. Nick, what makes him so good on special teams? I think it's because he knows that that's where he's going to make his impact right now on this Bears team. Um yeah, I remember just being the questionable pick, just why did they get another inside linebacker? But he is fast. He is physical. He is a linebacker, so he knows. He, he has just a nose for the football, right? And being able to stay in your lane, especially on special teams, those punt kick coverages, that's what's going to set you up for success and be able to get uh, the tackles that he had last season. So I think that's what uh, you know puts him in a position to succeed. He's always at Bears fit lifting, and he does have huge, huge biceps. So that also helps making tackles when you have huge biceps. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Uh, what about you, B? <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, you know Iggy 
in his second year? Anything you want to see him kind of, uh, you know, next steps? Well, yeah, first of all, the, the huge biceps do hurt. It hurts the other <laughs> guy. Um, but, yeah, I think as long as he continues to show his impact on special teams, he'll find his way into the inside linebacker rotation. I have no doubt about it because – uh, kind of like a Trey Burton where when he was in Philadelphia, he knew he had to contribute on special teams to be able to make the team. He was just making the most of his opportunity. I think uh, Iggy sees the same situation here just on the other side of the ball. So I'm looking forward to see what he can what he can bring. And I I know uh, at Western Kentucky, we uh, their defense coordinators now at Purdue, we call him Coach Payne, at least me and a few buddies do, because he looks really scary. Uh, and he, he coaches guys up really well. So he's got a good background that he comes from. It's just a matter of getting in there and making the most of his opportunities. I like it. Uh, you alluded to one of my uh, next questions here, Brandon. Um, I'm actually going to take it to Nick, so I appreciate you reminding me, though. Uh, chances of Iggy earning himself the inside linebacker three spot. Like, what does he need to do to get that? Uh, just one, be able to know where he needs to be on the on the field at all times. I think that's going to give you a leg up over anybody. But I think Nick Krakowski, you know, has uh, the plays kind of down. He knows where he should be, what position he should be in on any given play. But that's definitely going to help. And if you can definitely make plays and coverage, I think that's where he can maybe show up Nick Krakowski. Because you mentioned uh, his coverage ability or lack thereof for Nick Krakowski. If Joel E.A. Buniwe could show you know some better coverage ability that can be a way that he gets that leg up but i would just right now i would have it pegged nick Kukowski is going to be the the third guy small sample size but he uh iggy did give up the lowest passer rating of all inside linebackers how many opportunities did he get uh 15 coverage snaps <laughs> four <laughs> targets three receptions so same uh 75 percent um, but the reason why it's a little lower is because he didn't give up a touchdown. That's it. Again, you can yeah. you can skew numbers any way you want. I just wanted to kind of poke fun at the number there. Um, <laughs> but uh, anything else on Iggy or even Kwiatkowski here before we kind of move on to that next tier of guys? Not really. No. No. <laughs> I was like, you're both shaking your heads, and everyone listening to the podcast has no idea you're doing that. So it's just an yeah. awkward silence. So I appreciate you guys piping in. All right, let's go ahead and just head into that bottom tier. You got three guys. You have Josh Woods, who uh, made the practice squad last year despite uh, getting injured in preseason. You have Kevin Pierre Lewis. He's a career journeyman. He's crossed paths with Matt Nagy. Uh, in 2017, he did go to Kansas City. And then you have Jameer Thurman, uh, the third Canadian, well, not Canadian, guy who played in Canada at least. I think we only had one true Canadian to talk about today. Uh, coming from the CFL, uh, he excelled. He did play his college ball at Indiana State. Uh, just one, you know, for Brandon and I, not that we are like Sycamore <laughs> fans, but it is our state that we live in. And he is only 24 years old. So, guys, uh, between these three, anyone stand out before a camp begins again? It's going to be one of those kind of situations where uh, these are the players that we're going to be learning the most about and where they kind of stack up to the rest of the competition on the roster once we get down to Bourbon A. Um, but as it stands today, Almost the end of June. Does, is anyone peaking your fancy? Let's go to Brandon. Not really. No, none of these guys are really tickling my fancy, whatever. I don't know what the correct term for that is. That sounded kind of it's, weird. It's tickling. Opinion, but... I said peaking, oh, okay. and I, I was ashamed, and I just was going to be quiet about it, but you had to bring oh, it up, huh? Sorry. Not on purpose. Uh, it could pique um, your interest, though. Yes. Uh, so none of these guys pique my interest. Uh, to get that phrase right, uh, just I think there, there's more roster spots uh, that are needed at other positions, so I just don't see them really keeping any of these guys for inside linebacker at the moment this season. 
Okay. What about you, Nick? Is any of these guys, uh, do one of them kind of speak out to you right now? And you're like, that's the guy who has a really strong case to make the practice squad. I wouldn't say a very strong case, but Jameer Thurman, uh, like you said, Indiana State alum. I also like Calgary Stampeders. I can get, you know, that that's a fun name, Stampeders. Uh, he was pretty productive there, um, played on special teams for some fumbles. He had three sacks, three interceptions, and three forced fumbles in 35 regular season games. A bunch of threes there, but that's the only guy. The Bears have only had four inside linebackers make the after active roster um the last since ryan pace got here there's only been four to make it and i expect that to be the same with this group of guys that they have here yeah i have thurman as well uh you hit a special teams value and when i was watching uh, what he was able to do in the cfl he's really good in space which again that field is wider uh you can cover a lot of ground so when you can you have those two traits uh coupled with your special teams ability it definitely does uh at least in, intrigue me, at least from the outside looking in. And one question I did want to ask, but I did it, and I'll go to uh, Nick here for it. Uh, chances that the Bears shop Nick Witkowski uh, this training camp if, say, a team needs an inside linebacker or a linebacker due to any unforeseen circumstances? Um, I guess it would all depend on what you're getting back uh, in return for Nick Witkowski. I would say no. Um, you Look, the Bears are very fortunate to have both their inside linebackers play both 16 games with Trevathan and Roquan Smith, but you want to be able to have somebody. They did – look, Nick Wachowski started off the season for them, so I wouldn't expect them to trade unless – obviously they get something in return that they absolutely need, a kicker maybe, uh, but that would be the <laughs> only reason. All right, San Francisco. No, he hasn't signed. But anyway, uh, let's head in over to our uh, some over-under now for the inside guys. So over-under, we're going to begin uh, Roquan Smith. Uh, I have the over-under set at 140 total tackles, uh, 121 last year as a rookie. Uh, so over or under 140. And let's go to B. I've got him under. I had him at 130, and I thought that was kind of high. So I'm going to say under. Okay. What about you, Nick? Oh, wait. I want to see what Darius Leonard had. He, oh, he had 163 for the Colts. We'll go over with 150 for Roquan Smith. All right. Over or under? Eight sacks for the inside guys. They had seven a year ago collectively. Let's go to Nick. We'll go over again. I think Chuck Pagano's going to really give these inside linebackers more opportunities to blitz. Uh, seven was the over or under, right? The initial? Eight was the over or under. Seven Eight. was last year. Uh, we'll go with 10 for the inside guys. What about you, B? Well, I'll go over, Nick. I'll say 11 because I think that they're going to get more more opportunities. I think uh, Chuck's going to really uh, look at what these guys can do as, as a unit blitzing instead of just individual players. I have Dane Trevathan pick first. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Stay off, then Roquan comes in after that, or vice versa, however he wants to do it. I think you can get a few more sacks out of that than 10. All right, next up, 18 tackles for a loss between Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. They had 16 combined a year ago, so I have the over-under set. I'm going to say at a modest 18. What's going to be? Uh, I'm going to go over again because uh, with more downhill action, more aggressive play, I think that the opportunity is going to be there. 
So I'm going to go over. Nick? If you have more sacks, it means you have more tackles for loss, right? So I think it just makes <laughs> sense to go over. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I said it at 18, I was like, I should have done like 22 or 24. But I was like, 18 is still more. Uh, so I, yeah, I felt like now it was a little modest after we did the whole episode. <laughs> All right. Up next, over or under five force fumbles and interceptions combined. Uh, so you can take that either way you want it uh, between the two inside linebackers. And they had three last year combined. All three were interceptions. So no force fumbles between Roquan Smith and Dane Trevathan last year, which is a not-so-fun fact. Let's go to Nick first. Didn't Dane Trevathan have a force fumble on Russell Wilson? Mm, I thought I, so. I didn't see it in the stat sheet. Oh, well, huh. I, I know he did. Uh, so we'll go <laughs> over that as well. I think these are these are very, very sideline-to-sideline, uh, side fast-moving linebackers. They're very productive. And again, when you have more opportunities to blitz, more opportunities to get the, the ball out of a quarterback's hands, I'm going to go over. Okay, hold on. You're right. My 17-hour workday brain is definitely looking at the wrong column there. Uh, so he did have a forced fumble last year. So what I said at five, I'm going to do a six. Does that change your answer? No, I'll have him at seven. Okay. So still over. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, at least we didn't get too off the rails. What about you, B? Uh, over or under uh, six force fumbles and interceptions combined? Uh, I'll take the under on this one. Uh, we don't see very many. I guess they did have more interceptions last year, but I don't see them getting very many more than that this year. And with the one force fumble between the two of them, uh, I'll take the under. You know, if they target Roquan Smith over 80 times like they did last year, and he's just a, a hair quicker, like, and he plays with the same instincts like he did against the Eagles, I, I can see him coming away. He only had the one interception a year ago. I can see him coming away with a couple, a few, a handful. Who knows? So are you taking the was that Was that an interception or a fumble in the Eagles game? Obviously, that's postseason, so we don't. It doesn't matter. Oh, right. But, no, that was an interception. It was the one that was okay. like he mm-hmm. jammed in the coverage, like right in the middle yeah. of the field. He okay. came away with the ball. Yeah. Yep. If my not photo memory remembers correctly. <laughs> I think you're right. All right. So are you taking the over, Will? I'm going to take the over. I think they're okay. going to play uh, very aggressively this year will be how I'm going to coin it. Uh, one more over under, uh, one touchdown between these two guys. It could come on offense. It can come off of a defensive touchdown. I just have it. I just had it set as one, over or under one. They had none last year. Uh, let's go over to – Wait, yeah, let's go over to Brandon. I even forgot your name for a minute, man. I'm that tired. Oh, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll take the under. Uh, one, I think, would be right about where I want to peg him. I think that one of them can get a pick six. I think I actually had uh, Roquan down for a pick six, so I have him at one, but I'll take the under because I don't see them playing on offense any. So, Okay, yeah. See, Brandon, you can tell we've been friends for like almost a decade or a decade now, actually, because you're like, yeah, it's okay. Forget my name. Whatever, man. It's only been ten years. It's only been ten years. Nick, how about you? One touchdown. It can again off. It can come on offense. It can come on defense. They can do some trickery on special teams and sneak one of those players out there. But just one touchdown. I'm gonna go over. Scoop and score is likely to happen. A pick six. These guys know how to play coverage really well. I think they are definitely capable of of scoring, especially with that defense. It's like the ball is there. It's they have an equal chances the offensive game the football. So I'm gonna go over. All right, over two, fancy. Double the fun. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, true or false, Roquan Smith has a legitimate shot at Defensive Player of the Year. Nick. Uh, I'm going to go, 
I'm gonna go false there because Cleo Mack's gonna be in the running for that. Can't they have two? They could, but no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Brandon? Oh man, that one's tough. I'm gonna say true. I think we can get Cleo Mack and uh, Roquan Smith in there. At least in the t- in the conversation. That's all I'm in hoping for here. All right, who's gonna be your X factor for the inside linebackers? B. I think it's going to be Danny Trevathan uh, in his last year. And I think, we, uh, I don't know if he knows he's going to see his way out or if the bears are going to show him the way out or whatever. I don't know how he's really approaching it this year, uh, but he's got to show up. Uh, that's really going to help establish uh, the culture for those inside guys. Uh, Roquan can bring it each and every game. We know that, but we've seen a, a night and day difference when Danny Trevathan is in the game uh, with different linebackers, obviously. So I'm going to say Danny Trevathan. All right, Nick. You know, I'm also going to agree with Danny Trevathan, but I'm going to go a little different route, being healthy. Last year was obviously the first time he did it in a 16-game season. If he's not able to stay healthy, then you have to add, you know, obviously Nick Wachowski, Joel E.A. Buniwe to be the the guy to step up. So I think if, you know, Danny Trevathan is unable to stay healthy, that's going to be it's going to be a big blow for this Bears defense. So he's the X factor, just staying healthy. A lot of the Bears, you know, just team in general stayed healthy for the most part. So that's why Danny Trevathan is going to be my X factor for 2019. I like it, and it's a good one. It's a big one, obviously. Uh, for me, I'm going to just say Roquan's development is going to be mine uh, just due to the fact that if he takes such a large step forward this year, this whole defense is going to get so much better for it. But if he has just you know a small improvement of his game from his rookie season to now, it's not that it's going to be bad, but I would say there would be some that would be you know left to be desired or still lacking, or I know we wouldn't be able to, we, to reach our full potential if Roquan Smith didn't really – uh, reach his full potential this year. So for me, uh, his development is going to be key for this Bears defense and there's a reason why it's going to be my X factor for the inside guys. Uh, guys, I'm curious now for your bold prediction uh, for the inside backers, and let's go to Nick first. You had to come to me first. I'm looking at the stats <laughs> right now for Trevathan and Roquan. I think it would be easier to make a bold prediction that could come true for Roquan Smith because he has so much potential. But we mentioned that there was only one or one interception fumble recovery, you know, being at one. I say Roquan Smith, because of that coverage ability that he does have, gets three interceptions and takes one back to the house. All right. That's a pretty good prediction. Hopefully that one comes true. What do we, what do you got, B? I'm going to say Danny Trevathan leads the team in safeties, and I'll say three. Wow. That's a lot for one person. That's a lot for a defense, let alone one person. That is bold. You're really whipping out the bold card today. On it. Yeah, you are. Uh, Mine, guys, Roquan Smith is going to lead all linebackers in total tackles when the year is over in the entire National Football League. Uh, Last year, I think the mark was like 163, 165, somewhere there. 163 for Darius Leonard, yep. So wherever that mark is going to be this year, it fluctuates year in, year out. But wherever it ends up being, Roquan Smith is going to lead all linebackers in total tackles. And that's why it's true that he can be in the DPOI conversation at the end of the season along with Khalil Mack we're gonna have two it's gonna be one of those seasons guys Eddie Jackson can we he was he was in the discussion for a good majority of the season and then it kind of just faded away but Eddie Jackson's a guy that could definitely we'll say that I'll save it for the yeah you have a you have a couple weeks until we get there uh but (laughs) it seems like your confidence is high in Eddie which is given and it's understood um but speaking of confidence brandon over to you first what's going to be your level in this linebacker group 
I give it a 10. Uh, even with the depth, even with the durability, uh, I really like Roquan Smith and his potential. Obviously, both these guys can play sideline to sideline. And I think even if we stick Nick Wikowski in there, we're not missing a whole lot. And I really think if we stick Joel Yebuniwe in there, we're not going to miss much. Uh, so I, I've got a 10 as far as confidence level in the inside group. This is the only 10 you've given so far, right? I just want to make sure. That is correct. Okay. And I think that's the first official 10. Well, th- Nick, you said you're close to 10, weren't you, for outside guys? 9.9. Yeah, I was going to say you're very close, but I don't. I remember it wasn't a 10. So I was like, how close was it? That's right. Uh, so where are you at for inside then, if you're at 9.9 for the outside? I think this is a very – the most the most solid group out of any position. And look, I'm really just counting on the two starters here, Dan Trevathan and Roquan Smith. Any any team you go back up to their depth, it's gonna be obviously less than their starters. So I think I think I have to give the ten. I don't know where I'm gonna give it to. Uh, it could be the secondary, who knows? But this will be a ten for me as well. I'm confident in Dan Trevathan. I'm very confident in Roquan Smith. I'm obviously confident in the outside linebackers as well. They should be a 10 when I really think about it. But this this is a group that you can win games with. They can impact plays. You don't have to worry about them. Roquan Smith's definitely going to jump up his play in 2019. Dan Trevathan showed that he could be sturdy and, you know, healthy for a season. That, you know, combine that together, that's a very good inside linebacking uh, just duo there. Absolutely. I have mine as a nine. My only – knock of a point i feel bad because he's whipping out the tens here and i'm like eh, nine uh it's just danny trevathan i mean he did it last year but he hasn't been able he has more injury prone years than not so far in his career and again kwiatkowski uh iggy probably would be fine filling in uh we don't want to get to that point but if you're actually talking about roquan smith danny trevathan out there in the field not a worry in my mind uh just a availability in number 59 is going to be mine, but even then it's a small doubt. Uh, it's not as much as a doubt, it's just a, a precaution, I guess is what I'm going to kind of take it as right now. Um, before we kind of wrap up the show earlier in the week, we recorded the defensive line preview and Brandon, I know that you uh, prep for the show, but due to an unforeseen circumstance, he had a party at your house for crying out loud. It's not like a cr- <laughs> I want to make sure people don't think you had like some huge drama, trauma Correct. in your family going on, but uh you had to go elsewhere for the night. And I just want to know, what is your confidence level for the defensive line? Because that was one that uh, Nick and I had some fun with. So I was curious, where would, where would you have put it? Uh, where would I put defensive line? I would say I'd put it in a nine. Uh, the combination of Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. I actually watched the film session with Akeem Hicks. I think it was done last week. Uh, I, that really helped speak to me a lot. I, I love the trenches. So the fact that Akeem Hicks is doing all these things that I kind of already had an understanding of uh, really helped me and my confidence level as well. So, but just the group as a whole, those two with Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, very solid players, the rotation of Roy Robertson, Harris and John Bullard. If he makes the team, I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, nice rotational piece, but there are some, you know, concerns with him going forward, but I think overall that unit as a whole is just a, a solid group. So I give it a nine. Would you give it a 10? If I ask you to remember that Bilal Nichols is up there. I didn't hear his name come out of your mouth, so I was going to make sure. I was about, I was about to say it too, Will. <laughs> no, I uh, still wouldn't make it to a 10. Okay, I had to check. I had to check. Uh, yep. I just want to put you on the spot there. But, uh, guys, uh, we just did linebackers through and through. Any final thoughts before we put a bow on to this episode? Probably overall the best group on the team. I mean, I think <laughs> 9.9 on 10. I mean, it has to be. This is I would a say very solid guys. group. 
I would say the inside guys are definitely the best positional unit on the team. If Leonard Floyd stays healthy and Aaron Lynch, oh, those are ifs, though. So if I say ifs, then those it doesn't even ifs. matter. You're right. Correct. Okay, you're right. Moving on. Uh, but no, linebackers in general, though, Nick, you're right. It's a strength, but we talked about it on Tuesday, too. It all starts up front with the defensive line. They're not slouching either. So maybe can we lump it together and say that the Bears' front seven is the strongest of the team? But then that's why the secondary is so good. The Bears maybe, defense. <laughs> maybe one of the best in the league, Alan. Wait, you're going to say we're having a the defense is going to be good again? No regression? Is what? that what we're talking about? Maybe. Cool. What's regression? <laughs> <laughs> now what the Bears are doing. That's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Audible. I want to thank everyone who joined us here on YouTube for the live recording. It's always fun going back into the chat afterward and seeing what you all had to say. And, of course, another ginormous thank you for all the podcast listeners around the globe. Up next, we're going to preview the Chicago Bears cornerbacks. Can Kyle Fuller continue his high level of play? Will Duke Shelley earn himself a starting job over Buster Screen? What concerns should we have about the cornerback depth, if any at all? We're going to answer those questions and more next time. But until then, enjoy yourselves the 4th of July. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.